0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a fifteen hundred dollars first bet offer on your first wager.
1: All right, everybody, working up. Everybody's working.
0: With that time, jersey.
2: 4.40 p.m. Central Time. I just want everyone to know, right now, the clock just turned. We hit record at 4.40 p.m. Central Time on Monday, March 13th. Welcome to this edition of Time's Ours. Yes, we are time stamping it like we may end up needing this later in a disaster movie of some sort, because when we sit down to record around this time of year... Things tend to happen, but the Chiefs did us a little bit of a favor today because they made a big splash early in the opening of the legal tampering period, and man, I just think it's incredible that all these deals got worked out as quickly as they did. The Chiefs so quick on their toes to, you know, see Andrew Wiley depart, and BAM! They had a plan and a full contract presumably ready to go. I mean, it's just a miracle. Um, obviously, the tampering of all of this is uh, is well documented, but we really do have but I think, have any wood here I can knock on? There's my desk. I think we will have gotten the biggest the biggest swing, the biggest splash the Chiefs are going to give us in this very, very early portion of free agency, and we're all here to talk about it. I'm Joshua Briscoe with Nate Taylor and Seth Kaiser. Juwan Taylor, the newest member of the Kansas City Chiefs, will talk about exactly how that all came together. Andrew Wiley, reuniting with Eric Bieniemy in Washington. And I've given you the timestamp because if something does break in this show, we're just going to power through, you know? We'll just talk about it. I mean, tough to see Chiefs legend Patrick Peterson, you know, coming back to the AFC. Um, that one was certainly startling. Sam Darnold going to the Niners. I can't wait for him to uh, be a Super Bowl MVP this year because Kyle Shanahan's there. Uh, any other major move so far today, Nate, that really caught your eye? I saw Rakeem nunez Rochez got a new deal. Yeah. Actual uh,
1: Chiefs legend. <laughs> actual Chiefs legend. Yes, um... It's great to be with you all. Um, I really hope something happens in the next hour. Something that you know, something like smaller than Juwan Taylor. Look, I like well physically smaller than that would not be that hard. He's a like <laughs> <player. laughs> it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be about the Chiefs. Um, okay, we're we're waiting, Aaron. Oh yeah, just I'm gonna hold my breath. Just let us know, dog. Like, and by the way, if you can do it within the next, I don't know, fifty eight minutes, that would be great. Because one of the more fascinating parts of earlier today on monday was i mean we getting the we getting the we getting aaron Rodgers news first right like that's gonna that's gonna really set this thing off and it's like nope Mm -mm. nope like like you can just see the pain in every person's face on television (laughs) yeah ian ian and
3: adam are not having fun they are like they are just i feel for them yeah and I, i
1: I know what it's like, you know. Obviously, um, they have the whole league to, to, to survey. I only have, you know, really one team, and you kind of see things, you know, going across. But, like, yeah, you know, like, I, I think a lot of agents were like, so what are we doing? <laughs> Where are we going? Like, I want to I wanna get this thing moving. Now, I think some players have obviously gotten their money uh, when it was – Legally, time for them to uh, agree to a deal. Um, the the fun part about today was you could tell the Chiefs called the Houston Texans and said, Hey, are you serious about Laramie Tunsil? And the question that I posed to both of you um, earlier today, and I mean, this is how quickly things go. So obviously, mm-hmm. this stuff sort of trickles out. Later than when it's happening. Um, But it was clear to me that, hey, what if, you know, the, the, the question I posed to both Josh and Seth is Laramie Tuttle for a second round pick, knowing that you have to give an extension, knowing that it's bigger than what he's making right now, which is around $22 million a year. Josh. I was a little bit worried about it
2: having to be a first. If you offered me that deal for a second, I think I would have done it.
1: Now, Houston obviously would say, hey, I want a first because right. he's really good. And the Chiefs are like, well, my owner says I can't trade you my first round pick <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because the draft, you see, is in my city. <laughs> so what if we can we start with a two, Seth? Well, I would have I would have done it for a two all day. Uh Tunsil's a good player. And then the extension?
3: Oh yeah. I mean, you know, the extension it would have had to be, I mean, I don't think you I don't think you reset Laramie Tunsil.
2: Tunsil? Uh-huh. Yeah, we're t- <laughs> Yeah. Not not the shiny Christmas stuff. You were good. Five minutes too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um Laramie Tunsel, I don't think you're resetting him for twenty two a year. I, I think I think it's twenty five mil. I think it. I think it resets the market. He's good enough that he's a market resetter. I mm-hmm. think, and, y- um, and young
1: enough too. He's twenty nine.
3: Yep, yep, and young enough. Um, you know, twenty nine. You know, he's not a wide receiver and you know, or a corner or something. So I would have done that too for sure. And so you're probably talking something like you know twenty five mil a year, and then you know probably something like what eighty guaranteed, give mm-hmm. or take. Probably Mm -hmm. 80 90 guaranteed, and I I would have done that. And it all the stuff we talked about last week, I think it was last week, where I just said, You, I just don't think you can give that to Orlando Brown Jr. Mm -hmm. Because he's he's just not, particularly in pass protection, he's just not consistent enough.
2: Well, that's he's not Lenny Tinsel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> As I so eloquently said. Um, he, he is
3: a. He, he's. Well, you know what? You know what? It's a mistake to say Orlando Brown Jr. is not consistent. He is the same dude he's been. Mm-hmm. But he consistently has some lapses in pass protection. I mean, you know, the whole the thing he turns every dude into the same guy. Sometimes that's a compliment. Sometimes you really want to see your left tackle if you're paying him $25 million a year dominate inferior opponents. And that's not Orlando Brown. That's not who he is because he turns every, every person for the most part into the same guy. So Tunsil would have done it in a heartbeat, um, especially for a second round pick, but they've elected to go in a different direction.
1: Now they had enough conversations to say, they probably don't want our second. Uh, we don't want to give up our first. Hey, did you review the film of, 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 of Jawan Taylor? And you talked to his agent, right? I mean, we're not going to say that publicly out loud, but, like, you you may have seen him at the combine. Um, And look, I will put this as painstakingly plain as I can. Chiefs go, hey, we got an idea. You want to play left tackle? Juwan says, I think I'm a pretty good athlete. Agent says, Hell yeah!
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm certain you can do this, Jawan.
1: So then it comes down to well, hey, the one little bit of leverage we got when you almost always have to overpay is, but you've never done it in this league. You never done it at the highest, at the highest level. We'll give you the the opportunity, but you've never done it before, and so. They found financial compromise in a way that they never found with Orlando Brown. It is fascinating to me that the moment Orlando Brown joined the Chiefs, he had one thing in mind from a financial standpoint. I want to make more money than Rodney Stanley. Mm -hmm. I want to make my contract needs to have three digits before the first comma. Because Ronnie Stanley got 98.8 over a five-year period, which puts him slightly under 20 million a year. Obviously, he earned 16 last year. That is technically where you're starting from from the franchise tag position. But that's not really where they were starting from. How about 22 to 23 to, you know, hey, I didn't give up any sacks in the Super Bowl. One could argue. You should have given me that Trent Williams money. The Chiefs have made it clear. We can give the largest contract to the league's perhaps the most talented quarterback in the history of the sport. And Seth, I think we're getting to a place with Chris Jones where they can say, hey, he's the best guy on our defense. He has deserved the right to be either one or really one B at the defensive tackle position. But we not giving money to the highest paid receiver and we're not giving out the highest paid contract for a left tackle. So in essence, out of all of these circumstances, out of all these decisions, the Chiefs may have found an ulterior solution where they got a comparable player to be the fourth highest pay left tackle when their left tackle that they just had was never going to sign a contract of such. And you don't have to give up any first or second round picks for said player who is younger than Laramie Tunsil, who you did not have to trade for like Orlando Brown. This is creativity and ingenuity really do serve the coaching staff and the front office. We will see if this works out, but I just want to bring everybody along. Jawan Taylor could make this compromise because he's going from one team to a better team. He's going from one position to a better position. He's going from one quarterback to a better quarterback. You could argue one good coach to a great coach. Perhaps... An okay city to a cool city. <laughs> and he was willing to compromise on the money. He was willing to negotiate. From the chief standpoint, they felt fairly. And the agent saying, Hallelujah, we're going to definitely make more than Mike McGlinchey. Come holla at us.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, the minute you talked about, you know, you've, you kind of sideways mentioned Jacksonville. All I could picture was the dude from The Good Place. Me too. Like Bortles. <laughs> like that guy is one of my all-time favorite TV characters. And that's like, The Jaguar's cut Blake Bortles?
2: Like I was Oh, sorry. Have we talked about The Good Place, Seth? I I watched it relatively recently. I wasn't watching it when it was live. Um it's free endorsement, free plug for The Good Place. A tremendous television show.
3: Yeah, that rare show that has twists that you don't actually anticipate. I yeah. thought it was pretty good. Like, I mean, you know, I, I enjoyed it. And you would had multiple, like, moments where you actually laugh out loud, which is fun. It's no Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm still waiting for you to kind of accidentally make your way to that. but
2: I'll, I'm sure I'll get there. I, I, uh, I just, there's a, this is going to turn into a whole conversation about Mike Schur's book that he wrote after making The Good Place that I also mm. would recommend. It's great, but that's what anyone's here to listen to. us talk about, and I'm even I am self conscious about that because it's so early in the show. Remind me about Mike Schur's book at minute fifty five if we've run out of steam. I like um, it, and and I want I, I Nate was kind of kicking it to you, Seth, but I wanted to give just a couple of like factoids here on the front end if if people have not been on Tweet Deck all day long like some of us here who <laughs> really need to figure out our screen time. Um the the deal for Juwan Taylor he was. Drafted by the, uh, the Jags, 35th overall in 2019, he has been a right tackle for all but a small handful of snaps uh, in the NFL. He's played every game every year, and the deal is for $80 million with $60 million guaranteed over the course of four years. And as I mentioned earlier, Andrew Wiley back in Washington, that happened a little bit before. Obviously, I don't think those things have to be directly correlated. But as these parts move, and as we sit here now, Orlando Brown does not have a deal. Nate mentioned the Mike McGlinchey contract that made all of our eyebrows go pretty far up. Um, but it, it is a very interesting strategy here as, as, Nate has laid out for a player who's, who's been good. And I've seen the word ascending attached to him a lot because he, he is um, 25 years old and, and will be still 25 when the, the season begins. Um, what do you, uh, what are you making of this Seth as someone who I should mention in the chief of the North newsletter, if I were Brett Veach part three, at offensive tackle, this smart fellow over here at mnchoosefan.substack.com said, first choice, Juwan Taylor, mm-hmm. right tackle.
3: mm mm-hmm. You know, it's good at times. You know, when you've already established something, you don't feel the need to go back and hammer the point home over and over and over. But you do feel the need just every now and then. Just a little reminder. You know what I mean? Like, Like every night, every single night, no matter what, I tell my kids I love them. And uh, I always add with them also, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. And as teenagers, they are testing that theory, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You got to test theories. You know what I mean? That's science. Got to test it out. Let's see if the old man means it. Fair enough. And I do. So I tell them that every night. I tell my wife every time I get up the phone with her that I love her. You got to remind people. And today, I just, you know, just a little reminder, people, that I know ball. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean it's true. Simply, it's just simply true. It's just simply some things are just true. I love my kids. I uh-huh. love my wife. Uh huh. And I know ball.
2: And you know ball. <laughs> um, no, look, t- I mean if
1: it's, it's, if it's someone an who see, 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 take this down, Josh. It's an and, not a but. Okay, <laughs> real these are real things that we gotta make sure we got on the cards before we go out there. And say things publicly or in private. It's always an and, not a but. That's Seth, fun. I am
2: ready for you to change your Twitter bio. I feel like it's been the same for a long time. If you just change it to, I love my kids, I love my wife, I know Ball, I think that that would be a good evolution for you, <laughs> right? <friend. laughs> <laughs> and, and look, I mean, if someone who really knew Ball made this prediction, maybe there would have been some foreshadowing about moving from right tackle to left tackle. I mean, ah, you yeah, know, look, on it's just that there's always room for improvement, this, even as the superior yep. Ball knower. Yep, that's so true. That's
3: so true. My ball knowing has yet to be completed, and uh, well, you know, we're we're all a work in progress, aren't we? You, you never,
2: you never, you never stop loving your wife and kids. You know, <laughs> you you love them yeah, as I'm an more. active thing. You know, ball actively, and there's still love, room for
3: that to grow. Love, love grows. This is, you know, my ball knowing is a lot like my sanctification. <laughs> Every day, you know, just a little bit closer
2: said the nazarene all right we're not gonna do this i'm, sorry.
3: That, that I'm wearing joke a
2: mid-america like, i'm wearing a mid-america sweater right now man yeah. this, that, it just started glowing when you said that i gotta take this off it's that joke hot,
3: landed man. with like my dad you kent swanson and like no one else
2: <laughs> i mean we've got There's like some... three
3: baptist people listening I'm like what did he just say
2: yes that's what that's what i actually think of the real the real hit rate is it's not the people who laughed at it. it's the people who went i don't think that's very funny
3: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, I don't. Oh,
3: interesting. I wasn't aware that uh, Seth was a complete and total pagan. Um, yeah, wow. that's, that's <laughs> anyway, let's move away from that. Uh, Taylor. Oh, just by the way. I could have just people, talked about the Good Place book, man. If I'm going to prognosticate a little bit, I'm still just, I'm just saying. Zach Allen, Cardinals defensive end. Now he's been a 34 defensive end by and large, but he does have some edge snaps. Big dude, lots of length, lots of strength. Tough guy. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Maybe, maybe I'm saying wrong. It's hard to say. But I'm just saying. So anyway, Jawan Taylor. A person who knows
2: ball is saying. I mean, that's
3: just yeah, a wrap. Yeah, I'm saying that as someone who knows ball. So it's not, again, one leg at a, my pants on one leg at a time, but just someone who knows ball while I do it.
2: Mm. <laughs> so
3: with Taylor, <laughs> the money thing <laughs> was part of what got me, even when I was thinking, okay, well, they'd move him to right tackle or they keep him at right tackle. Um, and that to was just kind of an assumption. I've listened to a lot of smart guys talk about it, and apparently it's either something you can do or something you can't, which is a really you know, wow, Seth, really? But no, like it's like something if you can do it, great. if you can't, it cannot be coached into you, supposedly um that that's just what I'm told. It's like, you know, hey, you can either wipe your butt with both hands or you can't.
2: that seems unnecessary. one at a time I was gotten it done for me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Dang it, John.
1: <laughs> I don't even know how I would. I'll be right back. <laughs> now's so, now's not the time for experimentation. Okay.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Don't hey, don't tell Brett Veach! <laughs> so,
3: I'm assuming there was a conversation with the player. Hey, you think you could flip over now? One interesting thing in a couple games that I've watched now, he's not lined up as an actual left tackle. So it's not going to count as those snaps, but you know how different offensive lines, they'll kind of overload one side or the other. They'll only have like the guard on the right side. Sure. Yeah. The 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 Jags do that occasionally. So he is, he he has to line up with a left tackle stance, even though he knows, you know, mm. that it's always well, in run plays. Mm-hmm. So he's done that a few times. He doesn't look terribly uncomfortable. So, I mean, I don't know. But I do know, pretty good feet, pretty good athlete. Get out in space. Apparently had like a lousy run blocking grade with PFF. Mm-hmm. I and did see. Like,
1: I did see this, and that is the antithesis of Orlando Brown. Yeah,
3: yeah. They went out yeah. and found bizarro Orlando Brown. It's like, well, we'll show you Orlando. We don't need to pay you. We're gonna find a guy who's the exact opposite. Here's the interesting thing, though. Like. If you go back so cheese fans who like to go back and grind the film a little bit, go check out um the the first uh Jags Colts game where I've got him I I graded him out with 10 run blocking wins in that game. Now, it's either he's not plowing straight ahead one-on-one. He'll help with a combo block or a double team, but he can get some movement there. But that dude can get out into space. He can move a little. Do you guys know anyone? who really likes to test the edges of defenses. Cause I can't figure out who Eric might... enemy
2: did, but he's not here anymore.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but it's just interesting. If you were to watch Jawan Taylor, like it's like, say you like remove the colors from the uniforms and I don't mm-hmm. know, put stickers over the decals to where you couldn't tell decals, decals, decals. Anyway, Tungsel. what team Shut up, Josh, what team they were. So you couldn't tell what team they were playing for. And you watched Orlando Brown play and you watch Jawan Taylor play and you said, which one of these guys is a fit for Andy Reed's offense? 99.999% of the world would pick Taylor. Yeah. And that other one would have been an accident. You know, someone fell asleep or whatever. Hmm.
2: So, which is I, interesting, right? Because like yeah. the physical traits being there again, like the long arms and all of those things, but stylistically bizarro Orlando Brown. I mean, it's, you guys should should go back and forth on this a little bit because uh you also Seth since the last show published your your Orlando Brown film review which um I I was going through it this morning and I would still say it's it's worth people's time because we're now still talking about the position and kind of why the Chiefs made this move it's not as predictive anymore because there's uh virtually no path for him to return to Kansas City if I no. had to if I had to hazard a guess despite some a couple of speculative tweets I've seen um, I don't think they're gonna have three $20 million offensive linemen, but you know, I mean, you could dream. Um, but it's it's interesting to see it through the lens more recently of the pros and cons of turning everybody into the same guy and the limitations that the Chiefs had to sort of lean towards where his season got better as they went on, maybe because the Chiefs were giving him more help as the year went on. And um, I, I I'm just I'm curious how that informed where you're at now with with Taylor because bizarro Orlando Brown is a hilariously good way of framing him I think
3: it's so I I'm through now about two and a half games watching Juwan Taylor and what's great about Taylor's film from last year is the games I'm watching are Philly Indy Vegas Dallas I might go with the wild card game with the Chargers and so you're seeing him matched up against um Riddick Crosby and Parsons for three of those four matchups. And I picked Indy because I was like, I got to have a control in here somewhere. Like, let's see how he does against a non-freak of nature. Sorry, Colts. Like, you guys mm-hmm. beat the Chiefs <laughs> last year. So, um, He's, and, and again, this is all preliminary. I'm going to write about it tomorrow. I'm even kicking around the idea of unlocking it for everyone just to tick Josh off. But he is, on, he is a, a very good pass protector. Now, these are all, again, this is on the right side. But we we've left the era of the NFL to where right side means you don't need to be good in pass protection. Like you just heard the guys that I just ticked off that he was going against. Like you can't be like, oh, our right tackle doesn't need to, you know, pass pass block. Well, he's just going up against, checks notes, Max Crosby tomorrow. Like you have to be good at it. And the Jags trusted him uh, him on an island against a lot of guys. Now they provided some help. You don't, they're not stupid. You know, Trent Williams gets help at times, although not quite that often, but he can be trusted at least in my, you know, two and a half games that have been against high level guys and win much more than he loses. And that's again, I, I, you know, as a, as a pass blocker, which is exponentially more important than what he does as a run blocker with the chiefs, like with the chiefs, if you can just get in space and get down the field and get in the way. And he can work with that. That dog hunt.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live, customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day or night. Yep, you heard that right.
2: What do you think, Nate? What, what else are we supposed to expect at this point? I mean, I think you've laid out the path of how and why this, this happened and how and why this was the solution for the Chiefs at left tackle. And I want to look forward a little bit to what the other options might be. But anything else from how Juwan
1: Taylor became a Chief today? Um, no, I think we, we touched on most of it. I, I do think um, what's interesting now is uh, because this happens every year. And so I don't want to compare years because, obviously, there's different players at different positions uh, in the market. Um, but you are seeing, um, you know, Andrew Wiley, I think, get a very nice raise, which is what I've been writing for weeks now. Obviously Good on with him. The com- with the mm-hmm. commanders. Um, obviously, that's Eric Bien-Ami's, uh offense. You know... The Chicago Bears have done something I thought fairly fascinating in addition to Ryan Poles obviously making the trade for the number one pick uh, to Carolina on Friday. The Bears have chosen to really address some of their interior offensive linemen when the perception was, hey, maybe that is a potential landing spot for Orlando Brown um. I'm trying to figure out what the Atlanta Falcons are doing because mm-hmm. they got a lot of money to spend as well. Um, and they've sort of spray shot the entire area. They they have not been particularly... Um, it's just been a little bit interesting. The safety market today, I thought, was going to be more interesting than the corner market. That has been the case. Juan Thornhill has not... Flown off the board, as they would say, if he was in a draft. But
2: Jesse Bates got that big bag of money that you mentioned from from Atlanta. Yep. Yep. Thornhill being a Bengal
1: is going to be hard for me personally, but I'll get over it. But but <laughs> that hasn't officially happened. I'm just. But that hasn't happened. But right. Bengals need a safety. Yeah. Just 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 want to put that out there. Um. Someone said this to me earlier today. Uh. I think I there's more than just Bill Belichick, right? Who's the who's the Patriots general manager, team president, whatever it is? Isn't God, Bill I don't Belichick know. like the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end? Yeah. The and the last? <laughs> Technically, yes, but there's you know, there's people in the front office, is ultimately what I'm trying to get at. Um, it's not just Bill. <laughs> kind of, I like to imagine him
2: in an enormous, <laughs> an enormous conference room with like fifty chairs, but he's only sitting in his chair. There's no one else in there. Well, his uh, dogs there too. <laughs> oh, good call, good call, good call. <laughs> so, Matt if, Groh is the director of player personnel. Let's go, Matt. Um, I mean, the, on Patriots.com, you've got Robert Kraft, chairman yep, and CEO, and then yep. team president Jonathan Kraft. Uh he's a ah, it is. director of player that's what I'm and that, dude
1: yes, that's yes. the whole page. Yeah, that's what it is I'm thinking Kraft, of. Jonathan Kraft, Kraft. And Matt. Yes. It, It's Jonathan Kraft. So again, just saying, y'all, how do you think the negotiation will go? Because look, um, they have Isaiah win. Um so there's a chance he could resign with them. But you know, the Patriots are in position to maybe upgrade a left tackle. Uh I think most people can argue that Orlando Brown would be an upgrade at left tackle based on their production from that position last year. How do you think the negotiation is going to go between Kraft, Belichick, and Orlando Brown? Tensely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I. So we we
3: kind of we kind of talked about what you're. I'm not saying you're implying what I'm inferring
1: from what you're implying. Okay. Yes, give me, give me, give me, give me (laughs) outs.
3: Last year, I talked about the fact that um, I've been practicing law about eight eight or nine years now. And I've been doing it long enough to see a lot of new attorneys come in. And when new attorneys come in, negotiating against them is the worst.
4: Hmm.
3: And everyone knows it. Everyone that's been doing this job for a minute knows it. Because, you know, this cowboy is going to come in and show all these people how it's done. I'm going to fight for my client. The rest of these loser, you know, these washed up loser defense attorneys, you know, they, they won't fight for you. Like I, will. I'm going to challenge everything. I'm going to file every motion. Well, someone who's been practicing a minute knows that's not the best way to practice law. looks great on a billboard, but it doesn't really work. Cause you just make everyone mad. Brown's agent has him. Right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, I don't know. Maybe he has other clients now, but he was his first client, first NFL client, his first I think NFL. He had a couple client. of hockey clients, I think. Yeah. Of so, he's, so he's negotiated some 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 sports contracts before. Yeah, but, but I
2: mean, I'm I'm just giving that's just more context. I'm not disagreeing with yeah. what you're saying. And
3: so I'm just curious. I'm curious. I'm curious what things look like for Brown, because based on everything we're seeing. And the team obviously kind of let it loose a little bit what they offered him last year, you know, Mm -hmm. all that fun stuff. But I think that was intentional because what they offered him last year, based on the reports, was a little more than what they just gave Taylor a
1: year later, which is. Uh, Let me let me run that for you. The structure of it is not as sound. Right there's a lot. Was, sixty million guaranteed is the part it's, of this deal that got yeah, me a little. Yes. bit. Yes, and that and that is again. That's why the Ronnie Stanley contract is so. It's like it's a bit ironic in some ways, um, but they they gave it to a younger player who they think is more athletic, and they feel like their coaching staff can. But again, there was what they felt more fair negotiations. But look, Ronnie got sixty four fully guaranteed. Um, so within context of that, but Taylor making slightly more money, you know, annually is, in essence, like it's a, it's a pretty, yeah, it's just, it's tough. Uh, Orlando Brown's ages name is Michael Portner, which probably, uh, suggests, should probably let people know that, uh, I've obviously written, uh, written his name in stories. I've, I've, I've talked to him obviously, um uh, before, but, Yeah, um, do the Bills have any money? (laughs) Well, and that's, you start getting this interesting. (laughs) Like, I need to, I don't know, like, I'm I'm sure people are not on spot track or over the cap as much as we are. I just want to tell everybody, delay, pause, they don't. The the Bills (laughs) have no money, okay? At least not left tackle money is all I'm saying. But the Bills could use an upgrade at left tackle. So, just saying. They're 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 in a very it is a it is not as advantageous as I think I could have anticipated looking at it from as much of a objectable view as I as I can. And I just want to let people know that. Um because you know I I I get the sense that Orlando Brown will be just fine. But I don't know if the market has shifted in the way that maybe he anticipated or that was going to be most favorable or most advantageous to him is, is ultimately what I'm trying to say with some landing spots now off the board through the first, you know, half day of of real free agency.
2: Um, with that being said, I, I think we, we will certainly, I'm sure we will hear from Juwan Taylor before too terribly long. Maybe we get him in a Zoom presser or something before next week's Episode. I don't know, Nate, how confident. Fly,
1: fly be this that. man through the new KCI. What we doing? Well, let's do that. Let's bring him in the new airport. Like, uh, tell me when he lands so we can have the first, you know, ever like player to walk. Like, okay, I'm going a, I'm to a tell a lie to Not a lie, but I'm I'm going to tell. I don't want to say if it's a secret, but maybe, maybe people didn't think about it a ton. When the Chiefs. <laughs> you can look this up, ladies and gentlemen. Have I told the Joe Montana story? Ah. Uh, I don't know. Seth, have I have I told this? I don't think you have. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, let me find this thing. There there's an image. Um and I just want to remind people somebody'll find it, I'm sure. It's the internet. <laughs> now it's, it's the I, internet. I I have to remind people here, by the way, this is a quick airport history sidebar. I have to remind people that when Kansas not not people from my own hometown, but like like this was a this was a big discussion at the combine because obviously the Kansas City new airport opened in the midst of combine uh talks so i had to i had to say this to a lot of people basically cuz obviously they all they all know from Kansas City the old airport was supposed to be quite innovative and aspirational and i know you can find it to be quite convenient ma'am or sir But the airport was basically obsolete within minutes of it being opened (laughs) for security
4: reasons.
1: (laughs) And because TWA belly flopped and it sucked and it was terrible. And then in 1993, Joe Montana showed up at MCI. And the look on this man's face was, where in the world am I? (laughs) Because he landed in the most obsolete modern airport in American history. Maybe I'm over-exaggerating, but you get my point. The most obsolete airport at that time in the early 90s, with thousands of Chiefs fans awaiting him. Thousands, okay? All the TV cameras, crews were there. He was Joe Montana. Again, I wrote this years ago. Imagine if Tom Brady just joined the Chiefs because that was basically what happened. Um, All this is to say is Kansas City has a marvelous new airport. Everybody should be praised for it. I don't know how much it costs, but I'm glad to have paid the taxes for it because we are in modern times. It is lovely. You should go check it out. But I'm just saying, like, not every free agent... Or possible free agent has to fly through the tiny, and I mean tiny Kansas City downtown airport, so that we never show them what we showed Joe Montana <laughs> in 1993. <laughs> so if y'all wondering, hey, why did she, why did she get graded so poorly on the travel s- standpoint in the players' survey, dog? We had the best. The city. The city employs the best passer of the football who flies out of the worst airport in the league <laughs> up until like a couple of weeks ago. So when they called Marquez Valdez hey dog, why don't you come through? Yeah, we're gonna get you on this jet and we're gonna fly you to where you see the buildings, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they
2: hadn't turned Arrowhead into a helipad yet. Like, just, hey, we're just going to get you straight to the facilities. We can't risk you seeing any of this.
1: Look, look at all, look, we go, there's a specific route. Look at, look at that, look at that nice downtown that's getting better by the year, you could argue. Mm -hmm. Uh, In terms of appeal, in terms of aesthetics, in terms of, again, modernization. But like, hey, like... Um, Odell Beckham is not flying through MCI, guys. He's just not. And I mentioned (laughs) Odell Beckham Jr. because, you know, recent things. Uh, so yeah, this is a bit too much. I can't take back anything that I've said, but like someone will find the image of Joe Montana being like, I, like, yo. And it's like, don't you feel the love? And he's like, yeah, but like, yo. there are birds flying through this <laughs>
2: <laughs> no hold on now this is the first thing i'm gonna to object to if there's not a bird inside an airport i don't trust that airport yeah i think that's fair i i expect birds in the airport. Yeah, i saw a bird in the atlanta <laughs> airport you know i'm i'm cool with the birds
3: it's the coal mine thing it's like what where are the birds <laughs> what what happened to the birds um i that, that's funny and maybe I'll need to fly into Kansas City sometimes instead of driving down there. Because it's like a 10-hour drive from where I am. It's a lot faster. just Although I'm not sure how many flights there are from Fargo to Kansas City. And by the time I drive to Minneapolis, I've already driven
2: three and a half hours. So it's like... Oh, God, Lord. you, Seth, have you ever considered moving to... What's the word? Civilization? Uh,
3: no, I lived there for a couple of years. Didn't care for it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to live somewhere where I am literally a one minute drive from putting a kayak
2: on. <laughs> okay. And I want to live somewhere where I'm, I'm within three or four hours of a grocery store. So, I mean, we have different. No,
3: nah, you just got to kill a bear every now and then.
2: And then, you know, you're cool. Um... I, I have some important breaking news. I, okay. I, we, we knew we were going to be waiting on some news today. And I think this is part of the, one of the news items that I want to make sure we, we mention here. Tom Pellicero has tweeted, the Eagles have submitted a rule proposal that would allow players to wear number zero.
4: Yeah. I support
1: this,
2: I support this wholeheartedly. This has agent my full zero, baggage.
1: let's go. This,
2: this should happen. Your thoughts?
1: <laughs> it's just say zero and then an agent above it.
2: Someone with the last name agent, <laughs> agent. needs to get number zero. I'm pretty sure that just becomes their number automatically.
3: Yeah, fair. <sighs> Man, Agent Zero,
2: what a time that was
3: before, you know. I just
2: genuinely do think this rule <laughs> should pass. Who's the number zero on the Chiefs? Let's play that game, and then we can go back to actual Chiefs things. Number zero on the Chiefs. I think I got mine, actually. I feel pretty good about it. I think Kadarius Tony should be number zero. Oh, well, mm. yeah. I don't know how that didn't occur to me. Yeah, you're right. I don't know, just, the, just the first one that popped into my mind. Nineteen's kind of weird. I'm also looking at a bunch of pictures of Joe Montana wearing uh Chiefs 19 jerseys right now, which is also kind of strange. Um, you know, number 19 for me in a Chiefs uniform, that's always gonna be Josh Gordon or Cornell Powell. You know, I'm I haven't fully decided yet. Um Canarius Tony number zero, I'll make it happen.
3: I like it. Yes. And then and then and then get Sky Moore to change his number from twenty four. Like enough is enough. Like, I, I like Sky more, and I actually think that uh, I think he's going to be fine. Um, I think they've got some plans for him next year. Put that Maybe on the show dust jacket. Do. But, like, <laughs> seriously, 24, like, it's messing with me. It's
2: it's just not okay. <laughs> do you okay. think Andy Reid thinks he's a running back still? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that
3: running back running all these hitch routes from the slot? Like, what is he doing? Um... But no, with the offensive line, here's just something interesting to me um, with Taylor. The Chiefs have really positioned themselves, and it sounds like, like you said, they're going to give him a shot at left tackle, kind of see how it goes, and they're, they're going to know fairly early um, whether or not it's something he can do. If he's saying he can do it, I'm guessing he feels relatively comfortable doing it, because again, from what I'm told, it's something you either can do or you cannot, Um and so I'm assuming they talked to him about it a little bit, how comfortable he is. And I'm comfortable anyone working with Andy Heck and Andy Reed on the line. That's great. He'd made a huge stride forward in his first year with like a real live coaching staff. Um, So that's all great. But the, the big thing for me is that the chiefs they're clearly determined to not take a step back on the line. Mm. And if anything, maybe, I mean, depending again, we'll see how he does. If he pass protects, as well at left tackle as the three games that I've now finished charting at right tackle. He will be an upgrade in pass protection next year. And that's, again, if he takes a step back, switching to the left side. His pass protection is solid. And that would be interesting for the Chiefs. I'm just curious what they decide to do on the right side. Or maybe they just, maybe they're still in on Tunsil. It's hard to say. I, I don't think they are, by the way. I'm just kidding. That'd be really
1: funny. How about, Can how about I? That? Hey, 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 I just want to call you back. See how you feeling about that second now. How you feeling yeah. about that second <laughs> yeah. round? Yeah, hey, look. Hey, I mean, hey, you know, we had we had some nice conversations. You know, you do you yeah. want me to buy you another drink? Because, you know, I'm I'm obviously here and you're here and things haven't <laughs> hey, changed I mean, necessarily.
2: Look, there's a right tackle out there right now whose whose market hasn't really materialized the way he thought it might. And you know, I he played right tackle in Baltimore, I think. Um, maybe they bring him in and that'd be a pretty good bookend. That was Orlando Brown. Yeah, uh, joke, just in <laughs> you case know. you guys didn't laugh, so I, may, I made me concerned that you guys didn't realize it was no. Joe. No, I know exactly.
1: I knew exactly who you were talking about. I was just gonna let it sit there. I was just gonna That's say like, hey, you know, I mean, if you just, you know, uh, I, one for one, I didn't one. Really have the I didn't have one the courage of my
2: convictions on
1: on that one. But I I do want to just sort of like pitch this
2: out to you guys and tell me if you think this is the most likely way that this shakes out because I first like starting with the idea that you're going to get really good pass pro out of Juwan Taylor in an offense with Patrick Mahomes playing quarterback. Um, We've talked plenty about how nice it is when they can run the ball well. And I I just, maybe I'm just assuming that anyone who's making more than $10 million at a tackle position should be able to at least move some bodies in the running game. I'm just not that concerned about it. I don't know. Maybe I should be. We'll find out. I'll read your review, Seth, and you can tell me. But if if you now pitched me on... Juwan Taylor left tackle, Joe Tooney left guard, Creed Humphrey at center. Another reason that they really can't be paying two tackles, by the way, because Creed's mm-hmm. deal is not that far away from needing to get worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then Trey Smith at right guard and right tackle is your question mark. If if they spent one of their, I don't know, first two-day draft picks, I'm not even saying it's got to be 31, but if they, if they spend a first, second, or third-round pick on a, a tackle they really like, presumably on the right side, and then it's Lucas Niang and 2023 Mike Rimmers, or whoever that may be. Um, maybe that's uh Prince Tego Winogo also getting thrown in there. I'm I have not mm-hmm. mentioned Darian Kennard because I I just haven't seen that man play football in a red jersey yet, so I really don't know. But if you gave me that front five of Lucas Niang draft pick, maybe a veteran, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with that. And I I would have taken that and I, I'm I'm I find myself being Uh, a relative middle of the pack member of the Orlando Brown fan club, where I feel like that there's, there's been some extremes hit on all angles with him that has kind of made him a harder player to evaluate. But you give me a chance to upgrade in in pass protection a little bit, downgrade in the running game, a tiny bit and save a little bit of money and and then get young, uh, younger at left tackle even, and way younger on the right side. If they do end up having a rookie start there, or if it's Lucas Niang at right tackle, I, I'm still kind of down to see it. I know some people are kind of out on him as well, but I, I'm, I'm relatively comfortable with like training camp, starting with those being the battles. Do you guys think that that's, are you with me on that or or yeah. make you a little more nervous? And then also, is that the plan or do we think we're going to have a bona fide, definite starting right tackle penciled in maybe sharpied in when training camp starts?
1: No, I think for the fine, for the financial reasons you mentioned, Josh, and for, I think just the logical, um, where you can come to these outcomes, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, they made an investment with a third round pick of Lucas Niang and with a full off season, obviously more months removed from the, the knee injury, um, you you know, you could say that they owe it to to Lucas Niang to see what he has or to see if he can if he can hold up for a seventeen game, twenty game season um that the Chiefs just went through with obviously trying to do it now in the, in the 2023 campaign. Um, you know, if you want to, if you want to sign Taylor Lewan as the Mike Rimmers sort of, you know, spot starter, veteran presence, knows what he's supposed to do. Now, obviously, you know, Taylor Lewan played left tackle. He would be switching to right tackle, or he would be like a overqualified swing tackle, I guess you could say. Um, I mean, yeah, that's certainly a, a, an avenue to perhaps pursue. Um, but, yeah, I think I think the Chiefs really do want to know what they have in Lucas Niang. And, and if you want to have competition with another third-round pick at that position, um, you know, because they got two of them to play with, and that's that's <coughs> also a different, you know, sort of, that's also a different way to create you know, a a reasonable level of competition without, you know, spending a ton of money, uh, leaving some things open for the cat. But I mean, there's just there's just something interesting about watching what Andrew Wiley just did. Now, he was going from never playing really tackle uh, at the highest level to playing guard, to being thrusted in the tackle, to getting again. Multiple off seasons to get better at left tackle, and then obviously you get better with experience. It's fascinating to see what Andrew Wiley just did, and to know that um, maybe Lucas Nyan can have his own version of that with a different, obviously, uh, adversity that he has to sort of you know overcome.
2: With that being said, if we're good on the tackle positions, we got a little bit of time left to talk about all the moves the Chiefs haven't made yet. Again, we're really, really, really early on here. Uh, as was it one o'clock or noon central time maybe that uh, the legal tampering period opened up it's been a blur today it Um, was noon it was noon okay yeah so uh there's there's still a whole lot of uh, free agency game to be played and i'm i'm not trying to rush us through it but um in connection with some of the stuff you guys have been writing already all off season seth dropping the um, if I was Brett Veach part three and Nate is like, Nate has a draft big board at this point already, which is just so far beyond where my brain is at right now. I'll, I'll catch <laughs> up eventually, but it's just, I keep going. Oh, next episode. We'll talk draft stuff. And then something crazy happens. Yeah. Um, but, but when you look at, I mean, right now, I, I think it's been a pretty quiet wide receiver market. I'm just kind of like mentally thinking if there's been any deals of that, that I've seen today. I can't um, think of any today. I can't either. And we mentioned the safeties already. Um, where are you guys, uh, where are you guys at right now on on some of the targets you might like to see in these uh, coming days, or just sort of what you can expect the Chiefs to focus on? I
3: want to see. Um, to me, to me, the the entire thing for free agency was um, offensive line. You've got holes, obviously, at both tackle spots, and then defensive line. Right now, along the defensive line, they have Jones, which is great. And then Dana and Karloftis, which is a nice little trio to build around for sure. Dana can play, positional versatility, Karloftis can play, he can line up outside and 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 line up inside at times. They're good for your system, all that stuff. But you need you need multiple more guys. Um, and some of that, you know, you might round, you're gonna round out with, you know, some draft guys, some, you know, mid-level or bottom of the box kind of free agent type signings. But They need another dude and they actually could. And that's why we're like, I talk about like, say like a Zach Allen type, who I think is a a pretty significantly better pass rusher than, you know, Dunlap or Clark were last year. Mm -hmm. You could actually upgrade on that initial front four. I'd love to. Um, And that would be terrific. Um, And then maybe you call Carlos Dunlap and say, hey,
2: that was fun last year, huh? (laughs) You want to do it again for another 3 million bucks? Calais Campbell getting cut today also set off a whole lot of those alarms for me. Yes, he, and he's four hundred and fifty years old, and I don't care. But he was he was <laughs> he was good last
3: year from everything yeah. I've I've heard.
2: And Joe he's Cullen, <laughs> Joel Cullen connection, and also yep. can I blow your freaking mind with a Calais Campbell factoid that I found today? I sure. It. He has played in a Super Bowl.
1: Do you know which one? No. <sighs> it's the Cardinals. No, no, no. I'm trying to think of where he's, where he's played. Is he it... has played for the Cardinals, Cardinals Jags, yeah. and Ravens. Was it the Cardinals? It was Cardinals-Steelers. Steelers? Whoa! Dang. I thought everyone Super who played Bowl. in that
3: game was dead.
1: The, the Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> track him down like he's Liam Neeson. Go get him! Yes, he, was, he was trying to get the ball
2: back for Kurt Warner and Larry Fitzgerald in that game. He, he had like two tackles. Um the leading rusher for the Cardinals <laughs> in the Super Bowl was Edgerrin James. Crazy. Holy cow. crazy. I
3: actually forgot that shout he started off with the Cardinals.
2: Yeah, it's been because it's been it's, it's, it's been decade. that long. Not really. His um, last year in Arizona was 2016, but um it, it, a lot of those Cardinals years got real forgettable if you were not an Arizona Cardinals fan.
1: Uh quick shout out to Aunt Bobby um every year the super bowl is kind of like a i do remember where i was for just about every super bowl in my life I, I was hanging out with aunt bobby uh god bless her she's no longer with us but like shout out to her um i think i think her and i were rooting for the cardinals it did not go well at the end but mm-hmm. hey um but yeah you mentioning that game makes me think yeah it makes me think back to like just cool memories with with the family but man um hey you know Calais Campbell, one year, four million. You ready to ride? Heartbeat,
3: yeah. In a heartbeat, he says. Well, and that's and that's you know really in terms of their pass rush rotation, you know, you're you're I assume they're gonna tender to Sean Wharton. As yes. a, so he's a guy who's gonna be in the rotation. Yep. Um, and I think I think he was on his way to developing under Colin too, and Saunders got a bump from him, and so you get Calius Campbell on a mercenary contract. And then grab yourself a dude, and, and I'm not—that's no insult to Kaylias Campbell. I think he would say at this point in his career, he's a 300, 400 snap guy. And he's not a—he's not a 700, 800 snap guy. Get yourself a dude, and then you need a—you need a guy who can plug the middle, right? You know, sign Jonathan Hankins. has been doing mm-hmm. it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that—that's what I'd like to see them really go after next. Um, you know, assuming they don't just like trade for DeAndre Hopkins or whatever. Which I've if always they do. That. It'll be forty-five Hello.
2: seconds
1: after you stop recording. <laughs> Hello, I have a second-round pick. Um, would you? Would you like? Are you interested, sir? <laughs>
3: see, you know the one thing for me is I although
1: don't... although if Jalen Ramsey is going for a third, yeah, don't you dare give them a two.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's just like but wanna... but but but
1: but. <laughs> I like to remind everybody that two is a three. Yeah. See two. what I see, see what I did there. See what I did, ladies and gentlemen. It says first round pick. That ain't the first round. That says second round pick. That ain't the second round. It says third round compensatory pick. That might as well be a fifth round pick. <laughs> um,
3: I, I don't know. I, I, would love to see them do something to address the receiver spot. Um, and, and, you know, that, 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 that's where I want them to go next though. Would be defensive line. It is weird the total lack of movement with wide receivers. It's very quiet. And I don't know if that's cuz teams are waiting to see if something happens with Hopkins.
1: Hey Josh, what are the linebackers taking
2: out of me? That hey man, why if are the look dude, if I knew that the hey. answer to that question. Yeah. Right.
1: Off off linebackers,
2: well,
1: however. True Evans, salute to you jermaine how much oh Pat, my bags is already packed salute salute <laughs> to fun, nate what's his name what's his name th- <laughs> what's his name i gotta look it up
2: it's too many names guys <laughs> it's too many names i'm gonna learn all the names when i figure out where all these dudes land again um, <laughs> this is like field Y8 tweeted this out here just a second ago uh, saying the slowest moving market so far in free agency has been at wide receiver as no wide receiver has agreed to terms on a reported deal yet today Top options remain. Odell Beckham Jr., Jacoby Myers, Juju, Adam Thielen, DJ, Hero, DJ Clark, DJ Shark and Alan Lazard um, yeah. uh, with nothing. He doesn't mention Michael Hardman, who's also out there. Obviously, it, it sounds like he's you know planning on moving on based off just a couple of tweets and stuff. Nothing hostile, but just like Tyreek Hill saying, go get paid, man.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah I, and by the way, TJ Edwards. Hey, Yeah. no one. No one look at the last game film. Hey, salute to you, yeah. sir. Tremaine Edmonds. Shout out to you. Man, my bags
2: is already packed. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, breaking news from uh, Jeremy Fowler. Linebacker David Long is signing with the Dolphins, per source. No wide receivers yet, though. I love David Long.
1: Love. Uh, by the way, Nate I, Tice. I, I was converted. Yep, I was converted Nate on the athletic football show. Nate got me yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yep, Nate Tyson. Now, by the way, I told y'all. Told y'all. They a bunch of red hippers out there in Tennessee. Yep. And. Man, he's the best one. Here's, Outside of Jeffrey Simmons,
3: there's something interesting I just saw. And again, I'm sorry, people. It's not a. It's not a free agency thing. Miami
1: building a squad. It's
3: another. It's another rule change proposal by Philadelphia. It's they want to. They want to try to bring in the XFL thing to permit a team to maintain possession of the ball after a score by substituting one offensive play, fourth and twenty from the kicking team's twenty instead of an online kickoff attempt. As a fan of a team with Patrick LeVon Mahomes II, I am (laughs) totally here for it. Totally in favor. I am 150 million percent here for it. And I would tell Andy Reid, Andy, we are playing make it, take it from now on. Because you can't tell me that Patrick Mahomes doesn't convert 40 percent of those.
2: Yeah, Andy Reid definitely going to be cutting edge when he realizes there's a little analytical advantage his quarterback could help him take. Definitely, definitely going to do that. Is there anything in the phrasing there, Seth, Uh, for real, not sarcastically here, Um, (laughs) about limitations on it? Because the XFL, it's it's fourth quarter down by— It it didn't say any limitations,
3: and it didn't say only one time a game. Okay, I would all think, right,
2: let's do it. Make it, a yeah, baby.
3: If, I mean, because you're on the 20-yard line, and fourth and 20 is really hard, obviously. So I don't know if you really even need to limit that because you're also running a risk of, hey, we just scored. Let's give the other team the ball back, not just in scoring position, but in the red zone. Like, but you know what? Like, if you're the Chiefs, hey, let's say you gain, you know, 38 yards on, or, 20, or 18 yards of the play. They're on the 38. That's not deadly.
2: It's less than ideal.
3: I don't know.
2: Chiefs defense survived that spot a few times late in the year. That's yeah. all right. And all you need to do, all you need to do is
3: convert it a third of the time. And as a defense, force them to kick field goals two thirds of the times when they don't. That's it. And then it works out in your favor, points wise. I, I, I don't know math. I know ball. What I just said may have been mathematically unbelievably
2: incorrect. I just want to make sure I just want to make sure everyone's aware of that. Do you have a feel right now uh Nate on the receiver market again here real quickly? I mean is is Juju like out here hunting for a, a big deal on the open market is is the receiver market like is it is it in gridlock right now because everyone's waiting to see who falls first? You have a theory. Also, two years, eleven million dollars for David Long. I know he hasn't been healthy, but that's that's not bad. All right, never mind.
1: Yeah. Moving on. Injury injury wise, and remember, Florida no state income tax. So really, that's like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like fourteen million. Um, nice deal. So with Juju, they are really going to try, guys. They are trying very hard to retain Juice Juice Miss Schuster. Obviously, if that happens, then you can shift your attention towards the draft because I still think they want to draft a receiver in this year's um, you know draft or whatever. But here's the thing. The Bears traded for DJ Moore. They had the most money to spend when free agency, quote unquote, began last week. Mm-hmm. That tells you all you need to know. Some uh, it doesn't team, tell me. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Go some team is going to trade. Real long pauses. Ugh, some team with the show. Sorry. Some team is going to probably trade for DeAndre Hopkins as probably as soon as we stop recording. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, I don't know if it's the Chiefs. Um, obviously, I think another small wrinkle in this is Odell Beckham Jr. And we do know that the Chiefs were at his workout. We know the Chiefs have been eyeing Odell Beckham Jr. since the middle of last season, even before. They traded for Kadarius Tony, So that's sort of a, you know, yes, we we understand that if DJ Moore was traded for when the Bears could basically sign any free agent that they wanted. But obviously they, they targeted him as a part of the package deal with the trade for the first overall pick. Then you can start to understand why the receiver market is not what it's been in years past. There is no unassailable option on the market. I think, as Seth says, there are productive players. There are functional players. There are scheme-specific players. And to Juju Smith's, uh, I think, advantage here, he checks all those things for the Chiefs because obviously they just went through the last season and he played very well when he was on the field. Um, But yes, there's injury concerns. He's had concussions, obviously, in the past. His knee flared up at numerous points last season. So, um, The Chiefs understand that they are in a good position right now. And then you see if the market, if someone says, hey, we'll give, you know, we're going to adjust our maybe initial offer or second offer or third and say, hey, now we'll give you this and see if the Chiefs want to match it. And I think that's where it's going to come down to. Um, But I think the Chiefs original framework was about trying to figure out what we're doing at left tackle because they basically started that the moment that they Chose not to franchise tag Orlando Brown. And then I think the second thing is we need to retain one of our own. And the one we've prioritized most is Juju Smith-Schuster.
2: With that being said, and I know we don't have a ton of time left here, Seth, but if you've got an extra five minutes or so in your pocket and wanted to share it with us, telling us a little bit about this story that you can read in depth and see the clips and all on the Chief in the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. What should the Chiefs do with Juju. Okay,
3: I like Juju Smith Schuster. Um, but it, if it were me and I was running the show, I would look at what he brings to the table and what he does not. And I would probably say, yeah, if you're willing to come back for, you know, eight to 10 million a year, and maybe.
2: And even then, the the 10's a little rich for me. And that's a little less than MVS is making. Yeah, like it would be... like I would
3: be willing to do a little more than MVS because I think Juju's a better player. But I also think he's been less available. And he also... MVS does a very specific thing in how he forces defenses to account for him in a way that... The Juju isn't really like a scheme bender, right? He doesn't really force teams Hmm. away from anything other than maybe arguably zone coverage because he, like Travis Kelsey really understands where to find the holes and there's value in that, but he's not really a separator and, and that, that can be problematic. He's a, he's a very good possession receiver and there's a lot of value there. The thing that tips the scales for me, it really is the knee flaring up last year. I don't know why the Chiefs would ever expect, like like turn on the uh turn on the Niners game. Well, I'm setting people to games today, apparently. That's what I'm doing. And look at how explosive Smith-Schuster looked in that game. Like it's not like, you know, he wasn't, you know, Tyreek Hill running around out there. But compare that to multiple other games. And that's where it gets tough for me to swallow. When you've got a guy that you're never 100% sure week to week, whether or not he's going to be, a really, really good possession receiver who actually provides a little bit of juice deep or a good possession receiver that has to sit out some snaps. You know, like not knowing what I'm getting week to week with that, it would would give me pause in terms of what I'm paying. And I do think it's a good idea there to kind of let him see what the market's willing to offer. Because I think there are guys that can do some of the stuff he does. And then also maybe threaten the third, the third level of the field.
1: Can I interest you in Alan Lazard? If, as Trey Wingo has said on Twitter, Aaron Rodgers will be traded to the New York Jets.
3: Yeah. Eh. I, and that's here's the thing. <laughs> Alan Lazard it can do some of the things that Juju Smith-Schuster can do. You know?
2: Can can Adam Thielen? Adam Thielen? I, I'm afraid. I like this one year. I we we texted about yes. this. this is a much longer yeah, conversation we right, 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 have right. at some point. But I I really and someone on Twitter made this correction when I said it there too. <laughs> I, so I'm going to get he's, their amendment. But like he's,
1: he's 33, Josh.
2: I I like the one year. Come get a ring, catch passes from a home veteran, uh, kind of player and a receiver drafted in the second or third round and just doing that every single year. Someone on Twitter pointed out. As long as they have Travis Kelsey, and I'm yeah. with that. And then at some point when Travis Kelsey, in 40 or 50 years, whenever he retires to <laughs> uh, follow his acting career, um, then that strategy changes some. And, and part of my draft pick and vet strategy, because I think you had a good counterpoint to this, Nate, but part of my strategy there would be you hope that one of those receivers, out of let's say you draft three receivers over the course of three years. I think you hope one of them's good. One of them is, like, great, and one of them underachieves, right? If you if you could get that split, then I think you could build an actual receiving core mm-hmm. out of that. Um, I – and so I – I mean, look, we've talked about Braxton Berrios on this show. Robert Woods got cut. Adam oh, Thielen got mm-hmm. cut. If Braxton Berrios walks through that door – Man, this woo! show will be un- <laughs> unstoppable. This will be better than when they draft the Joshua Williams. Hey, hey, get him on the phone. <laughs> what are you doing right now? I – Hey, Braxton, you ready to run
3: some option routes? And that that really is, like, the, the big thing for the Chiefs is, you know, find a guy who can punish teams for playing zone. That's not terribly hard to do. Like, Adam Thielen, not what he was, but he can, he can still separate a little on, you know, whips and slants, which is basically all Juju separates against in man coverage. Whips, slants, you know, really short... Cur- like, that's just not his thing. So... That's where, to me, it's like, okay, if Adam Thielen can do a lot of what you can do, should you be getting X dollars now? When when Juju's totally healthy, it's a little bit different. Yeah. But yeah, um, it, it's just a, it's just a tough call overall. He's a really difficult call. It was easier for me to say, nah, you can't pay Orlando Brown top of the market money. Juju Smith Schuster, it's like ah, I could see either way because he was very valuable to last year. Um in multiple games, his stats didn't always show the the importance of some of those third down catches and stuff. And then, obviously, the second half of the Super Bowl, it was Mahomes was like, "It's him and Kelsey, unless like Sky Moore is so open that like
1: you know it's
3: embarrassing."
1: Um, for context, ladies and gentlemen, I covered Braxton Berrios when he was a phenomenal football <laughs> player in high school in Raleigh, North Carolina uh so again, if Braxton Barrios walks through that door, oh come on y'all this was uh a decade ago, so hey shout out to uh shout out to everybody at Leesville road high School in Raleigh north carolina okay now i'm now I'm acting like i okay can, who, i'm a I'm gonna look into it y'all is what I'm saying basically <laughs> like I'm gonna look into it um now Braxton Barrios is not a member of the Athletics' top 150 free agents, but we ain't worried about that. Neither no, 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 was he,
2: he's neither, not my huge w-
1: replacement. He, he's in the, he's in the mix. Neither. Oh, of course he's in the mix. Um, but he, you know, Justin Watson wasn't on the Athletics' top 150 exactly. last year, and look what he did. Exactly. He caught a Super Bowl pass. He caught a pass in the Super Bowl. You know, hey, hey,
2: just saying. I'm gonna come up with a different Tom Hanks movie to name Braxton Barrios after. Like I'll, I will figure it out, man. I'm. I am ready. We can start calling him Otto. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks' <laughs> most beloved work. That one that one movie that nobody saw with a slightly sort of off-putting trailer. Yeah, but come
1: on. I mean Come on. Anyway. I mean, but hey, you know, Trey, look. I I enjoy I enjoy Trey Ringo. He's saying that Aaron Rodgers is is gonna be a jet. I just need to know what time is this gonna happen. Okay? What what time? What time? You know. Uh, shout out to Lindsey Jones. She was like, if he does this to me on Oscar night, and I, I I laughed for like literally five minutes. Um, so yeah, when's it gonna happen? But you know, um, Braxton Brayos was released from the Jets because he making 60 million dollars next year, guys. 60. And look, he was a back-to-back MVP, it all makes sense. And he's going to be 40. And I just, he could throw to somebody who's wide open, right? I mean, because guys were open last year for a team that plays in, in, in New Jersey who represents New York City. I mean, guys were open. It's just, you know, Quentin Williams is really good at football.
2: <laughs> With that being said, uh, if you want more on Juwan Taylor, Nate already has a story on him up in The Athletic right now. If you want to read a little more about how the Chiefs got here with Orlando Brown or what Seth thought uh, about Juwan Taylor and some of the other options throughout the rest of the uh, the offseason, that's all up in the Chiefs in the North newsletter along with that Juju Smith-Schuster film review. And uh, we'll, I mean, I think we're probably on like a light emergency pod watch. We'll see if any moves happen that that necessitate a, a, a breaking of the podcast glass. Uh, and if not, if it's, you know, more littler moves and just kind of getting things in line over the next week. We'll, uh, we'll talk to y'all again next Monday. So, um, with that being said, unless Seth has anything to say, I always feel like I should check just in case. I don't know why. I I just don't like it when the show ends and I feel like Seth is a, you know, a real gym in the chamber. But, uh, if, if Seth was ready to pass the baton over to Nate, we can get out of here.
3: Uh, the, the Taylor article film review should be up,
2: uh, tomorrow. Yeah. This is why I asked these open-ended questions. I get so busy teasing and plugging all of the stories you already have out. I forget about the ones that aren't out yet. And Seth, hey, I just want to say thank you for not trying to uphold your near radio silence as you promised on Twitter 10 minutes before the show began. It really made me nervous that you're just going to go, you know what? I don't have any opinions yet. I'll tell you next week.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, I could have said read. I could have, I could have
2: actually been reading this uh, I don't know, guys. It's hard to say. Yeah, yeah Tough to oh. know for sure. I mean, he seems like he plays offensive tackle.
4: <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Nate,
2: I don't know what you've got for us today, but... I think I think the show is done. Should have been okay. done ten minutes ago.
1: It really could have, but hey, I got I got I got a little something for you, a little little yes. promotion for a friend of the pod of a colleague. Um, you're not gonna know where this is going from A to B, but here we go, guys. Um, shout out to Russ and Dot, who, as I think a lot of people know, is writing a book on Patrick Mahomes. It's called Kingdom Quarterback. Uh, he is co-writing it with Mark Dent. Um, there's an excerpt in the Washington Post. You should go read it. Um, Kingdom Quarterback comes out in August. Uh, you can pre-order it now. I think it's thirty bucks. You should go ahead and do it. Russ and Dot is obviously excellent at what he does. He helps uh, cover the Chiefs from time to time, including the Super Bowl. I am also going to point you in the direction of the Instagram account for Kingdom Quarterback. Um, it is Mahomes book. At Instagram, basically Instagram.com slash Mahomes book. Go check it out. Uh, they they can enjoy the new followers that they get. The reason why I'm telling you this, kids, is on February 26th, Mahome, Mahomes book put this on Instagram. I am reading specifically, <laughs> word for word. I hope you all enjoy where this is going. Quote. One of the most interesting things about Kansas City International Airport is that its unique design, a three horseshoe shaped terminals that allow people to pull their cars right up to the gate, became obsolete <laughs> within days of its grand opening in 1972. The origins of the design stem from the hopes that TWA the long headquartered in Kansas City would make Kansas City a main hub for supersonic air travel. The same week the airport opened, however, three men hijacked Southern Airways Flight 49 shortly after takeoff from Birmingham, Alabama. The saga lasted two days, including two different trips to Havana, Cuba. In parentheses, it's a wild story, exclamation point. And ultimately resulted in more rigorous physical security screenings at US airports. That wasn't ideal for KCI, whose design wasn't built for central located security checkpoints. And it ultimately proved costly. (laughs) The era of supersonic flights never happened either. Guys, we have a new airport, (laughs) but I just want you to know that in 1972, there is an advertisement that says you could take a 75 walk from the curbside to the jetway. And I'm glad we don't live in those times anymore.